beloved and welcome back to another episode of Mobius Ministries podcast. This is your friend Josiah. This is season 15 now episode 151. Thank you for tuning in. Yes, last week we did our last episode for season 14. So we are now on to season 15 and I am just so humbled that the Lord continues to use me here on this platform to equip and prepare the body of Christ for second for the for Christ's second return. So um, here on Mobius Ministries, I, with the help of the Holy Spirit, do my best to interpret Scripture, help you grow in intimacy with the Lord, and encourage you to remain steadfast through and through seasons. Thank you for tuning in again. Today we'll be diving into Proverbs 25, beloved. I'm so excited to get into another chapter of the book of proverbs as we have gone through this book and just think beloved look at how far we've come look at we we've we've done 24 chapters so far i mean 31 chapters is like that's a lot and honestly with how much work i've put into it i want to say that like self-righteously but um it's taken a lot of work taking a look at a lot of hebrew language and um, sitting down and writing things out and tying verses together and keeping verses in context. It's been quite a journey for myself. Now the verse of the day is out of the book of Lamentations, which is quite a sad book. Um, I mean, the word lament is in the book, so um, in the book's name, that's what I meant. But it's Lamentations 341 and Lamentations 340 has actually been a verse that um, I've kept with myself for so long. And the verse says, Let us lift up our heart with our hands unto God in the heavens. Verse 40 says, Let us examine our ways and test them, and let us return to the Lord. Beautiful scripture. Lamentations is really a book that we can look at in the midst of our sorrow, going back to it and seeing what we might have fallen into. Um, Now, of course, when we come to God with our sadness, God will kindly show us where we messed up. And his kindness, where Paul says in Romans, his kindness will lead us to repentance. And repentance is a thing that us as Christians are continuing to learn, beloved uh, I do have a water here with me to stay hydrated, so just bear with me here, beloved. Um, obviously going to be talking a lot, so um, let's open in prayer. Father, I thank you for today and just using me here. Father, I'm honored, I'm humbled, I worship you, I thank you, Lord. Father, I pray for this person that's listening right now with whatever baggage they've come with, any suffering they're dealing with. Father, I pray that by your spirit you would touch their hearts through this episode you would just remove me out of the way and you just touch their hearts father i pray that you'd use me help me be careful in what i say father (sighs) 
And I thank you that you just love us so much, Father. Thank you. Any sin that this listener has fallen into, Father, if they follow Christ, I just restore them gently in Jesus' name. I restore them back to the, to your grace, to your love, your kindness. And um, Lord, I pray that you would just touch hearts tonight. You would convict hearts. You would lead, let your kindness lead people to more repentance and help us learn how to be content in you in the midst of a world that is constantly changing and constantly um, just gnawing and barking at us for our attention. Help our full attention to be towards you uh, just for the rest of the day and help us to just uh, continue to ponder on uh, this second coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you want to know the song that was playing just before this one, it was called Wall of Fire by Tony Anderson, and the one that's playing right now is called Emmanuel by Waldner Worship. Okay, now, beloved, I challenge you to read this chapter along with me as I read. I really think it'll bless you more, but again, I don't want to control you or anything. Um, read along with me if you want. We'll be doing Proverbs 25. Okay, we will be diving into some Hebrew. It's really, really good stuff in this in this chapter particular, beloved. Verse 1, These also are Proverbs of Solomon, which the men of Hezekiah, king of Judah, transcribed. So it's saying that this is a proverb of Solomon that he wrote down, but he was a man of Hezekiah, the king of Judah. Verse 2, it is the glory. This is the and okay. So this is actually a verse that it's that verse that we that like a lot of people know, like Philippians four thirteen or First Peter five seven. Cast your anxieties on Him, for He cares for you. Verses that you know, um, but it's it's cool to just come across a verse that we actually know and then just dive deep into it. I just I love that. So I'm a, I'm that's me assuming that you guys know this verse. So forgive me if that's not true. But it says. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. Now, the Hebrew word for the word conceal is the word sofer, and you're actually supposed to roll the R, but I, I cannot do that, so give me grace, beloved. <laughs> and the definition is to hide or to hide carefully. So let's plug that in real quick, and then I'm going to tie a scripture in uh, that are from the words of Christ. It is the glory of God to hide or hide a matter carefully. That's what that means. Now, Jesus thanks his father for revealing things to little children, not people of wise understanding. Jesus actually says that God hides these things from the ones who are wise in their own eyes. This is why it is so important, beloved to be meek. Jesus says in Matthew 5 that blessed are those who are meek that they will inherit the whole world. And this isn't in my notes, but like, I wonder what it means by like the whole world. Maybe it just means it's riches or like financial wealth or favor from man. I, I don't know. At the end of the day, we want our favor to come from the Lord. We want our approval to come from the Lord, not from man. As much as our brokenness can act that way. Um, anyway, so I don't know what that means, but now, where the verse continues in verse 2 and says, uh, the glory of, um, oh, wait, hang on a second, the glory of kings. Kings in the Hebrew just means king. That's what it means. 
the verse says that the kings search out a, a matter. Now, the word matter may seem simple to understand, beloved, but in the Hebrew, it actually means speech, word, speaking, thing, and or something, a business, a occupation, um, certain acts, A-C-T-S, uh, a case or a manner. Now, the Hebrew word for the word matter is the word dovah. Dovah. Here is what I think this verse means in its context, or at least this is what I got when I was studying it with the Holy Spirit. Proverbs is considered to be the book of wisdom, full of basic instruction, insight, understanding, and reproof. Paul's second letter to his beloved son Timothy in chapter 2 verse 13 says that all scripture is literally God-breathed. It is all inspired by God. He is the one behind the one writing many things down once in scrolls and now we see it in our hand Bibles. As God poured out all this wisdom through the authors of the Bible, it gives us more insight to as this verse tells us to search out a matter or a manner we go through life with confusions and questions and setbacks and tough circumstances we go to scripture for our answers paul tells to not be conformed by the ways of this world so the the world's probably not going to go to the bible for his answer that's why we're supposed to and we are And as we read, we should be talking to God as well as we read God's word. That's actually, that's actually something new that, um, that I've been doing. Um, my pride has definitely gotten the way when I read scripture, it's hard for me to talk to God and God has been putting me, this is, this isn't in my notes obviously, but, um, God has been humbling me in reading a scripture and getting confused and then going to him with it instead of just, oh, I'm just going to keep reading and look at me. I'm reading scripture. That's, I guess, if I, I guess I'm confessing that sin, I guess, that, yeah, I did struggle with that. But now, but I'm tell, I'll am tell you what, it was God's kindness that led me to that. Um, and so recently I've been talking to God as I read the Bible and I learned that from um the wonderful Mike Bickle at the International House of Prayer. Wonderful guy. Now, I kind of got off, off track, so I hope, I hope I haven't lost you, but God has revealed everything in the... God has... Okay, you know what? I've got this conversation coming in my head from the other day with my boss, Jim. I talked to my boss about this, and I said to him, I said, do you think God... Do you think God has revealed every single answer in the Bible for questions? No. No. I told him no. He thought yes. I said, all right, well, one of us is wrong. I'm not going to be arrogant and say that it's you. But um, John says that if if there were enough books to be written um, about what Jesus did, there wouldn't be enough libraries to hold everything like recorded and everything. So there's more things that we don't know about. Deuteronomy 28, 28, I think it is, says that what is kept in secret, that there are certain secrets of God. I think I've got my, I've got my Bible right here. So, right here. Let me see real quick. Proverbs 28, or not Proverbs 28, I mean Deuteronomy 28, 28. Nope, it's not, nope, it's not 28, 28. Nope, that's not it. In Proverbs, I mean, in, I keep saying Proverbs, probably because we keep going through this book. 
in Deuteronomy it says that there are certain secrets of God that we just don't know about. Now, if God reveals things to people that are childlike, then people that are wise are probably going to keep going to the Bible instead of God because going to the Bible is going to produce less humility than going straight to the Lord. I think that's true. I hope you're getting what I'm get what I'm getting there. I'm trying to convince you guys. I don't know if that's right, but my point is no, I don't think we have all of our script all of our answers in scripture, but we do know who does hold the answers to our confusions and questions, and that's God. Anyway, God has revealed a certain amount of things in the Bible for a reason. As we search out a manner or a, a manner or a matter, a occupation an act, a case, a speech, or even words, sometimes God hides things from us because he wants us to become childlike. So as we go back, it says the glory of the king search out a matter. I know I'm kind of going on a rant on this verse, but I want to break this down. Ecclesiastes is one of my favorite books in the Bible. Um, and Solomon was a man of wisdom and he just was so confused. He didn't understand anything about life. He thought it was absolutely worthless. And he was trying to search out a certain matter about his life. And um, maybe God was just hiding it from him because, because Jesus says that God reveals these things to the childlike, not the wise. Um... Now, when Jesus says these things, you might say, well, if that's the case, then how did Solomon get so wise? Well, Jesus was saying these things, which is a certain, there's a certain context Jesus is speaking in. But as he was moving, I mean, as he was writing things down in scripture and all the other kings in the Bible that knew God's law, they wrote things down and they seeked out matters. There were certain things that God held back. So I I hope that makes sense. I hope I didn't overwhelm you too much. But verse three, as the heavens... For, uh, for height and the earth for depth, so the heart of kings is unsearchable. Some of you know when you read your Bibles, there are a lot of notes down at the Bible to go deeper into particular verses. I'm going to, sorry, I keep hitting my mic. I'm going to read what that, uh, what, what, what this verse really means. I'm going to read from my actual Bible. Okay, so I'm going to read the verse again. And then I will read the notes that's down here below here in my actual Bible. As the heavens for height and the earth for depth, so the heart of kings is unsearchable. The ancient rabbis explained this as a reference to the countless details of government that are a king's responsibility. That's what that verse means. There's probably more to it, but that's that, That's what was written down in my Bible. Verse 4, Take away the impurities from the silver, and there comes out a vessel for the smith. Now, this verse is actually quoted by Paul in 2 Timothy 2.21. The context of verse uh, of this verse in 2 Timothy, Paul is giving, giving instruction to his son Timothy. And I mean son by spiritual son. That's what I meant, because Paul was really his instructor. But Timothy was a very young man. And Paul instructed him in the ways of the Lord. 
and the context is how to be a unashamed workman for the kingdom. And the verse says, those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, unuseful, or sorry, useful to the master and prepared to do any good work. Verse 5, take away the wicked before a king and his throne will be established in righteousness. It almost seems like this like this verse could be talking about Christ. Do not, po- do not boast in the presence of a king and do not stand in the same place as great people. For it is better that it be said to you, come up here, than for you to be placed lower in the presence of the prince whom your eyes have seen now beloved let's use uh the king in verse 7 as jesus why would it ever be okay to boast in front of jesus for our own good works if if anything if there's anything we can boast about beloved it's his love for us or where paul says i will boast in my weakness because in my weakness he is strong that's second corinthians 12 i think But God wants us to remain humble, and fearing him will help us do that. Now, what I mean by fearing God is having reverence and respect and awe. There's, I mean, everyone in the Bible feared God. David did, Solomon did, Jesus did, Paul did, um, uh, Daniel did, um, Solomon did. And so it's not literally fear. I don't think it, I don't, that's not what it means. I did do a message here on my podcast about understanding the fear of the Lord. It's more, it's more down, more down below. Let me see if I can just find it real quick in case you guys like to listen to it. Um, I think it was season three. Galatians 6.1. Oh, okay, yeah. Understanding the fear of the Lord is my... 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Like my 13th or 14th episode. Um, so if you want to check that out, go ahead. Um, it's Scripture is clear. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now... God wants us to remain humble, and fearing him will help us do that. Now, I think when the verse continues and and says, for it is better for you to say, um, for it is better you, it, it, For it is better that it be said to you, come up here, than for you to be placed lower in the presence of the prince whom your eyes have seen. The reason... The reason I think it continues and says that is because there is a fine line between the two verses and it's humility between verses 6 and 7. When it says, come up here, it has to be Jesus talking. Why is it better? Number one, better is one day in his courts than thousands elsewhere. And to be called up by God is far greater than if man were to do that for you or for me. Now, God promotes the humble, not the proud. Next verse, do not go out hastily to argue your case. Otherwise, what will you do in the end when your neighbor humiliates you? We can connect this verse with James 119. Be slow to speak, 
quick to listen and slow to anger. In the midst of being in a predicament with a neighbor, God will show grace in the midst of you do, of you doing James 1.19 and remaining humble and meek and childlike. God will fight for you. God will avenge you. God will do his part. He will be faithful. Argue your case with your neighbor and do not reveal the secret of another or one who hears it will put you to shame and the evil report about you will not pass away. Like apples of gold in a settings of silver is a word spoken at the proper time. Wow. I don't even have any notes on that verse, but that just um, really opened my eyes. Like apples of gold in settings of silver. Some of these verses can be really confusing. Is a word spoken at the proper time? Wow. And I mean that that's a that's a verse that we could I mean even like if you were into prophecy like me sometimes there's times where uh like okay, you know what? Actually uh this isn't my notes, but I've had this word for my brother Jameson for about three, four months now. Maybe longer. It's been a long time. He's got this girlfriend and she's super nice. She's wonderful. And, um, yeah, they're, I mean, they're a great couple. But anyway, I've had this word for him and her and Jameson does not want to hear it. Jameson is an atheist and, um, I've continued to try and represent the love of Christ and just be there for him and be kind to him and love him. But anyway, maybe this verse connects with that maybe that the word isn't supposed to be spoken at the proper time maybe god is using his um hate towards god towards him for good um i mean that's just another fraction of the goodness of god we'll never ex we'll never comprehend or, or understand or see the fullness of god's goodness we won't Okay, so verse 12 is a little bit confusing when you read it out of the... I didn't, I didn't even... Oh my gosh. I did not even say. Um, we are reading out of the NASB version. I literally had that on my notes and I didn't even read it. Yes, we're reading out of the NASB. I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay. Okay. Verse 12 in the NASB is a little bit confusing, but after I'm going to read it in the, in the Amplified. So let me pull that up really quick because when I read it in the Amplified it um, it really helped me uh, just understand the verse more so, Proverbs 25 verse 12 okay like an earring of gold and a, and a jewelry piece of fine gold is a wise person who offers rebukes to a listening ear so there's that. Here's, here it is in the Amplified Version. Like an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold is a wise reprover to an ear that listens and learns. So listening, listening to that makes, it, makes a lot more sense. A wise reprover to an ear that listens and learns. Now, in order for the person to listen and learn... The person has to reprove certain things that the listener might be saying that aren't true. I, hope, I think that makes sense. But, um, and of course they want to do that in love. They want to be gentle when they're saying that. They want they don't want to come off harsh. 
Um, they want to be active in the fruits of the Spirit. Verse 13, like the cold of snow in the time of harvest is a faithful messenger to those who send him, for he refreshes the souls of his masters. Verse 14, like clouds and wind without rain is a person who boasts of his gifts falsely. Now, God made clouds, wind, and rain for a reason. To, they, he made it to work together. This verse continues and relates it with a man using his gifts, whether those are physical or spiritual. When we are not disciplined rightly in certain seasons, we can boast of our gifts falsely. I hope that makes sense. I'm, not, I'm just going to read that one more time in case that didn't make sense. Um, like clouds and wind without rain so if you got clouds and you got the wind going through but you don't have rain it's like a person who boasts of his gifts falsely so god made the clouds he made the wind and he made the rain for a reason i'm not using this literally of course this verse is using using this metaphorically but god used it to work together a person that is not using things that God's disciplining him in in the right way in his certain gifts, it's he's doing it falsely. So I hope that makes sense. And I mean I can relate that. I can I can um I can um I can use that verse towards like um towards prophecy for my gift in that. I'm really tired. I'm sorry, beloved. I, I worked out earlier, uh, and then after I felt really weak, so I ate some more food. Um, I've lost 20 pounds in about three months, and I've been really cutting back my diet. And today, I just, I guess I needed to eat some more. So I am feeling a little bit weak. That's that's part of the reason why I'm drinking more water today. Anyway, okay. Verse 15, through patience, a ruler may be persuaded, and a gentle tongue breaks bone. Now, kindness touches people, beloved. A calm answer brings a wrath to an end. Patience in the Hebrew can also translate into self-restraints. So think about that. Through patience, a ruler may be persuaded. Through self-restraint, through restraining yourself, a ruler may be persuaded. Now, you look at the story in... I think it's Luke 18. Luke 18 or 19. Let me find it real quick. Okay, yeah. So I'm not saying there's a contradiction here, but I want to tie this story with this verse. So uh, Luke 18, 1. Now Jesus was telling the disciples a parable to make the point that at all times they ought to pray and not give up and, and lose heart saying in a certain city there was a judge who did not fear God and had no re no respect for man there was a desperate widow in that city and she kept coming to him and saying give me justice and legal protection from my adversary for a time uh, he would not meaning the ruler but later he said to himself even though I do not fear God nor respect man yet because this widow continues to bother me I will give her justice and legal protection otherwise by continually committing she will be an intolerable annoyance and she will she will wear me out then the Lord said listen to what the unjust judge says 
Now, when he says when it says Lord in verse six, it's it's talking about Christ. Um, Jesus goes on and says, "And will not our just God defend and avenge His elect, His chosen ones, who cry out to Him day and night? Will He delay in providing justice on our behalf?" I tell you that he will defend and avenge them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find this kind of persistent faith on the earth? So, I want to I tie this verse in with this. Verse 15, through self-restraint or patience, a ruler may be persuaded. So, think about this. It says, a ruler may be persuaded. He might. It's not a guarantee. Why? Because God, because man can do whatever he wants. He's man by himself is arrogant. Man by himself is foolish. Once he comes to Christ, then the Holy Spirit just, I mean, overflows with so much good stuff. It says he may be persuaded. He may be. And we kind of, we see that here in this in this book but she continues to egg him on so we can use this in the context of like even if we are being patient or we keep egging him on egging a certain person on for justice and they're not doing it we can hope in verse six and seven where jesus says will god not hear his elect will he not hear his chosen ones no he will defend them he will avenge them he will bring justice to them so i hope that makes sense but yeah i love I, I love that oh my gosh luke all of luke 18 even even i did a, i did a message on this in my podcast about um the dangers of resting in your own self-righteousness and um i spoke out of luke 18 it was a verse that i found during the time the lord the lord wanted me to speak on it when i recently came across the verse i listened to a message on it by francis chan on his crazy love podcast that was that was like that was uh, like last winter and um anyway um it's it's a beautiful it's, it's a beautiful chapter jesus gives some amazing parables so okay verse 16 have you found honey eat only what you need so that you do not have it in access and vomit it let your food rarely be in your neighbor's house, or he will become weary of you or hate you. Like a cub, a sword, and a sharp arrow is a person who gives false testimony against his neighbor. Who you hang around with, you will become. Other verses in Proverbs say, if you hang out with the wise, you'll become wise. If you hang out with fools, you'll become a fool. Guarding our hearts is so important, beloved. Remember, Jesus' circle was pretty small, too. So were the apostles. Now, that doesn't mean that we have the attitude to say where Paul says, the arm cannot say to the leg, I have no need of you. Um, but that we need to find a balance between guarding our hearts, quick to forgive, and loving our brothers and sisters in Christ. Verse 19, like a bad tooth and an unsteady foot is confidence in a treacherous person in a time of trouble. Now, wow, this is honestly, this whole chapter, this is probably my favorite verse so far. I've got something stuck in my throat. <coughs> okay, I'm sorry. Verse 19, I'm going to just read it again, and then I've got this, I've got this long note with this verse. Like a bad tooth 
And a unsteady foot is confidence in a treacherous person in a time of trouble. Now this verse, beloved, we can reference towards the Antichrist. People will put their confidence in this man, the Antichrist, when he appears, whether that's in our generation or not. The verse says that you have an unsteady foot when you put confidence in a, tre- in a, in a, in a treacherous person. And the verse continues and says, in a time of trouble. Beloved, we know when the Antichrist comes, whether that's in, again, whether that's in our generation or it's not, we only have seven years left until Christ's return. We just don't know the day or the hour. But my point is that those will be times of trouble, like this verse says. Now, this next verse, when I read it, it didn't make too much sense to me. So I dived into the Hebrew language and then it made much more sense. This is a this is this is this is a lot of Hebrew. This is pretty deep, so just just kind of prepare yourself. It's 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 pretty deep. It took me a while to kind of understand it as well. I, I I spent about maybe 10, 15 minutes on this verse. Like one who takes off a garment on a cold day, or like vinegar on soda, is one who sings songs to a troubled heart. Now, Isaiah says that there is a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That's chapter 61, verse 3. The verse says that one who takes off your garment on a cold day is one who sings with a troubled heart. When we take off the garment, we must have we must have on when we praise, we which we could reference it towards gratefulness, true praise. We aren't singing to the Lord with our whole hearts. Now, to take off in the Hebrew, where it says, where it says right here, take takes off a garment. What that means in the Hebrew is to pass on, to advance, to go on, or to remove. Now, garments, the Hebrew word for the word garment is the word beged, beged, and it's used as a noun, and the definition is treachery and deceit. Now, the Hebrew word for the word troubled is the word ra, ra. That time I was able to roll the r a little bit. And the definition is bad, evil, disagreeable, unpleasant, sad, or unhappy. And then last Hebrew word, the last word in this verse, the word heart, it's the Hebrew word lab. And the definition is inner man, mind, will, heart, or understanding. Now, I think this verse is trying to say this. I could be wrong, but when we when we try to pass on or remove our own sin, our own treachery on our own behalves with our own power, our own might, our hearts may become troubled. We can grieve the Holy Spirit. We try and handle it on our own and we can't. So then we wash our robes in the blood of Christ at that point where Revelation talks about. So when we, when our hearts become troubled, when we do that, when we, when we were, when we pass on certain things that we've learned on a cold day, a hard day. Um, And I also, I remember looking up what happens if you add vinegar and soda and I thought it might have like, like exploded or like foamed up or something and it doesn't. That's, I tried to look it up. So I thought that was kind of the analogy that the author was trying to make. But, um, I hope, I hope, I really do hope that makes sense. If you guys, if that doesn't, if, if anything doesn't make sense, please, you can email me. My email's right there where it says about, 
here on my podcast. I'd love to answer any questions. And you can even, I mean, even if you want to say something that doesn't relate to the question below, if you're listening to Spotify, if you're listening on Spotify, there is a question posted below that you can um, that you can listen to, um, or not listen to, but answer if you'd like to. Even if it doesn't relate to it, I don't care because I just I want to equip the body. I want to help you guys. I want to love you. So, okay, now. Verse 21, if your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. And if he is thirsty, give him water to drink. For you will heap burning coals over his head and the Lord will reward you. Now, I get it. You're probably like, why would I want to, hang on, heap burning coals over his head. Hang on. So here we go. Now, the the, the Hebrew definition of the word enemy here translates into someone you might hate or dislike. The Hebrew word for the word heap is the word hatha, hatha, and, oh no, that's not how you say it, I'm sorry, it's pronounced hatha, hatha, um, and the definition is to take hold, seize, take away, or snatch up. Now, this verse lines up with Jesus' words of blessing your enemies, blessing and praying for those who curse or say mean things to you or about you. Jesus said in Matthew that when you uh, just give someone a drink of cold water in his name, he won't forget that. Let's plug into these Hebrew definitions real quick. Um, If your enemy is hungry, give him food. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. You will take hold of, you will seize, you will take away, you will snatch up burning coals over his head. Now, I also remember looking up what burning coals mean in the Hebrews, and it literally means that. So I don't know what kind of reference this verse is trying to make, beloved, but um, yeah, I just, I'm kind of stuck there. I don't know what that means, but but we can hang on to it and say, let's bless our enemies. Let's, let's really pray for them. And I mean, when you think about it, if you, if you actually did do that, God probably is going to bless them and they're going to see how God, how good God is. And right there, it's Romans 2. God's kindness will lead them to repentance. Verse 23, The north wind brings rain, and a gossiping tongue brings an angry face. Now, brings right there, verse 24, is italicized, which again, if you don't know what that means, it means that that word was not found in the original manuscripts of the Hebrew letter that scholars were reading years ago. Verse 24, it is better to live on a corner of a roof than in a house shared with a contentious woman. Now, men of God, I'm going to get up real close to the mic and say this. I'm sorry. (laughs) Who are looking for a future spouse. This is another verse that we can use to find a godly woman. About a month ago, we did a study on chapter 21. We came across this verse, verse 19 in the NIV. Better to live in a desert. My guy, are you hearing me? Than to live with a quarrelsome or nagging wife. Now, if God wants to kind of like, if, if, if God's been trying to teach me something for like two weeks and I'm not listening and he wants to use my wife to nag me and then get my attention, fine. So be it, Lord. I, I'm not gonna, all right, okay. But that doesn't mean we don't, di- that doesn't mean we disregard this verse. This is another verse that we can find, that we can use to, um, 
Sikh woman who has cultivated, where Peter says in 1 Peter 3, has cultivated inner beauty. Verse 25, like cold water to a weary soul, so is good news from a distant land. Now, I feel for those of you who are active in in intercessory prayer, this verse can play out. You can pray for people all across the country and then hear good news. I wrote down and then her good news. I I meant to put here. Okay, there we go. Um, and then you can hear the good news about your prayer from a distant land and try to not get self-righteous over and go, oh, look at me, but like, wow, Lord, thank you that you actually heard me and you used my prayer thousands of miles away to bless someone. Wow. We should be in awe, we should be in awe of that, beloved. Verse 26, like a trampled uh, spring and a polluted well, so is a righteous person who gives way before the wicked. Now, the key word we want to look at here is gives way. And originally speaking from Hebrew language, it means to totter, shake, or slip. Now, to totter means to move in a feeble or unsteady way. So I think this verse is saying a righteous man will move a uns- will move in a unsteady way because of the wickedness of man. Verse 27, It is not good to eat too much honey, nor is it glory to search out one's glory. Now this is why in seasons of waiting for God to promote us higher up into ministry or to spread our wings more in life, we must lay down our self-righteous pride and humble ourselves before the Lord. We will find so much peace, contentment, new insights, and deeper refinement with the Lord, and our intimacy with Him will skyrocket. A book that I read a few years ago called Rooted by Brian Lepschker, I think that's how you pronounce his last name, so if I'm not pronouncing that right, I'm sorry, that book really helped me do this. Um, He has this realization where he's seeing all these things going on in the world, and he's like, God, I've got to get out there. And God was in a season, had him in a season of um, just, you got to get rooted in me. You've got to learn things. It's that Proverbs 19 to desire without knowledge is not good. An inheritance gained too early is not good. Those are, those are both in Proverbs. So it's like, um, we have to continue to trust the Lord because at the end of the day, that's where it times in, ties in with Romans 8, 28. He's working all things for good. He's trying to teach us things. He's trying to discipline us in things. And we have to see our hearts in the position of seeing God as the ultimate prize and not the blessing. And I'm I'm, I'm, I'm not like accusing you because I'm working on that myself as well. Last verse, verse 28, like a city that is broken in two. Sorry, let me reread that. Like a city that is broken into and without walls is a person who has no self-control over his spirit. The verse is saying that a person has no discipline in their lives, no Bible reading, no seeking fresh insights and wisdom from the Lord. They don't have self-control. A lot of the times they can also just be in denial of many things that the Lord has brought them up before and they just don't want to deal with it. They don't want to humble themselves. They don't see God's wonderful, magnificent, loving, merciful, wonderful heart behind that. He loves us 
and he wants us to live a more peaceful life. He wants us to to delight in him more. And there's certain baggage that we can go through life that we don't deal with. And I'm dealing with a lot of baggage right now from my dad, and I've been writing. I, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into that because I want to keep everything between the Lord and I. But I mean, I'm dealing with a lot of baggage from my childhood right now. I have been for the past three months. Um, I've never really dealt it with before, but I think the reason why is because I can just see God saying, you were not ready for it a year ago. If you, if I showed it to you, you would have walked away from me. And this is where God, this is just another way of his love. He gives us what we can handle. And the more we kneel down before the Lord, the more we're going to find grace. The more, well, it's not saying that, you know, you have to be perfect. God's going to meet you where you're at and he sees where your present condition is at. But, um, I'll finish with this. Over the past four days, I have had a certain predicament going on. I'm not, I'm not going to get into it, what it is, but I've had a certain predicament in my life and over the past four days, I have um, just cried about it because I can't do anything about it. I just have to wait. I, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm waiting for the Lord just to do something. That's where I'm at. I, I, I cannot take action. If I do, then everything's going to get messed up. And that's not me out of a place of fear. It's really out of a place of wisdom because I've looked at things carefully and I've talked to certain people in my life that are spiritual mentors. And anyway, and and I'll tell you what, over the past four days, when I come to the Lord with this thing and I consistently have been, the Lord has told me every time, get down on your knees, son. And every time I got on my knees, then I started crying. Every time it happened this morning, it happened last night, the day before it happened during the day and then into the night. And then the day before, um, I went down on my knees in the morning. I went to a prayer thing at this, at these prayer meetings that I go to in the morning when I can, and I'm not trying to say that self-righteously, beloved, but just that when we obey, when like God told me to get down and, and kneel down. And when I did it, I started to cry. He saw that I was going to cry. Sometimes there's moments where we have so much pain and the only thing that can really help us is crying. Crying feels good. And for me before I started crying these these past four days it was so hard because that pain was just sitting there and I couldn't even cry about it it just sat there and I'm like are you kidding me God and so I've tried to not have like a Job moment and get all self-righteous but as much as I've done in the past I've learned from that um but I'm just in the situation where I, I desire this certain thing and um, I just, I, I, I don't have, um, I can't do anything yet. I just, I'm, I'm waiting on God. I have to wait. Um, I just really hear God. I mean, I, I, I've, I just, I kept hearing from God saying, push through this, keep going. You can do it. I mean, he's continued to encourage me through other people, through himself. Um, Whatever God's got you going through, you can keep going. You can persevere. You can endure. He's got you. 
get alone with him. Go draw near to him. Get rid of distractions. I just deleted all of my social media yesterday. I don't even, it's not, it's not, it's not even that I have a Facebook account and I don't go on it. I do not have a Facebook account anymore. It's a new thing God's calling me into. And I'll tell you what, it's been really freeing for the first day doing it. And, um, so maybe, maybe just, I'm not, that's not me saying you need to go fast social media. No, that's not what I'm doing, but yield to the certain discipline that God is trying to teach you right now. He is so good. And he's working all things for good. Try to keep remembering that Christ is coming back. And we're going to be with him forever if we're faithful till the end. So, amen and amen. That is our Proverbs 25 study. Thank you for listening. Um, the verse of the day was, again, Lamentations 341. The song that's playing right now is Emmanuel by Waldner Worship. Um, oh, also... Um, Last episode, I know I did talk about applying for a summer job at Spring Hill Camps in Evart, Michigan. Um, I did some more prayer. I did some, I had, some, I had a, a few conversations with one of my, I mean, my, my spiritual mentor right now, his name is Jim. He's a great guy. I love him to death. Um, he just said, I think you're supposed to stay home. I, I don't think you're supposed to leave. And so um, I, I turned down the job. Um, and so I'm uh, realizing that I'm able to keep my podcast, which, guys, like, I love doing these things. I love doing this. I love just talking about God's word, equipping the body. And I'm not, like, trying to do it with, again, like a self-righteous attitude. But I just, I love you guys so much. And I just, I just, I just, I want you to be in spiritual maturity and I'm working on that as well. I'm continuing day by day, drawing near to the Lord. And um, so I'll be able to keep that. I'll be able to keep my gym job. I'll be able to keep working out. I'll be able to keep playing football with my brother on Saturdays. Um, there's a step study I'm trying to get into with Celebrate Recovery. Um, what else? Um, I can still try and get into my fantasy football league. Well, actually... Even if I did Spring Hill, I could still come back home and get a fantasy football league set up. But um, it's it's nice. The Lord's this could be a blessing in disguise. Saying, hey, you don't have to give up these things. You can keep these things. So, thank you so much for listening to our Proverbs twenty five study. This is your friend Josiah. God bless you. <laughs>